in the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, and this is after Elijah has called fire down from heaven on the mountain, killed all the false prophets of Baal, and Jezebel has sworn out a death warrant and said, um, the gods do so to me if by this time tomorrow your head's still on your shoulders. And so the Bible said Elijah took off. <laughs> he took off. He got fire up, called fire down from heaven, but that angry woman put the fear in him. And he headed for the hills. And here's what the Bible says in verse 8. It says, And he arose and did eat. Now this is an angel appeared to him in the way and left some bread and water. He arose, he did eat and drink, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. And he came thither unto a cave, and he lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. They've thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with a sword, and I'm the only one left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And then God began to speak to Elijah and give him directions for the next phase of his ministry. Now I want to go to the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 12. 1 Chronicles chapter 12. And this is going to sound completely uh, out of context, but it will come together as we go. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 22, For at that time, day by day, there came to David to help him until it was a great host like the host of God. And then the scriptures begin to tell us of all those who came to join David's army. It says the children of Judah came, 6,800 that bear shields and spear and ready and armed to war. Of the children of Simeon, there were 7,100 mighty men of valor for the war. Of the children of Levi, 4,600. And Jehoiada was the leader of the Aaronites. With him were 3,700. And Zadok, a young man, mighty of valor. And of his father's house, there were 22 captains. And of the children of Benjamin, there were 3,000. Of the children of Ephraim, there was 22,800 mighty men of valor, famous throughout the house of their fathers. Of the half-tribe of Manasseh, there were 18,000. And then it goes on and says, of Zebulon, there were expert in war with all instruments of war, 50,000 which could keep rank and were not of double heart. Of Naphtali, there was a thousand captains with them, 
the shield and the spear and 37,000. Of the Danites, there were experts in war, 20 and 8,600. And of Asher, such as went forth to battle, expert in war, 40,000. On the other side of the Jordan, the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe of Manasseh, with all manner of instruments of war. In other words, every weapon of war you could think of, they were trained in for the battle. There was 120,000. And the Bible says about all of these people, all of these men of war could keep rank. And they came with a perfect heart. Now this is amazing to me. Because what I'm going to mention right now doesn't even sound... Very important. Doesn't even sound like it should be here. In fact, I've read in different translations and it really doesn't give strength or credence to what this scripture really says. Because it talks about the sons of Issachar. In the middle of this numeration of all these great soldiers and their qualifications for battle, it says the children of Issachar came which had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. The heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandment. Now listen, this, this doesn't even sound like it belongs here. So these people that I'm mentioning right now, the sons of Issachar, they're not the most skilled soldiers. They're not trained or mentioned in here because they were so well trained or because they could throw a spear or because they knew how to use a sword. They had only one skill. Everybody say one skill. One skill. skill, And that one skill made them indispensable to David's army. And that skill was this. That skill was they had the ability to discern the times. Everybody said they understood the times. This is what the Bible says. The Bible says these men had understanding of the times. What, what What is the product of that? To know what Israel ought to do. And here's what the Bible says. And all their brethren were at their commandment. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. That all of the armies of Israel were at the commandment of this little group that had understanding, that knew what to do. I'm telling you, that's powerful. Understanding the times of the children of Issachar were the men who had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. One of the most important things for a minister, a person, a man of God, a woman of God, a child of God, Is the ability to discern the times. Everything about life deals with timing. The book of Ecclesiastes, he talks about timing. He says there's a time for everything. Everything. There's a time for everything. There's a time for weeping. There's a time for laughing. There's a time for gathering together. There's a time for casting away. There's a time for sowing. There's a time for ripping apart that which is sown. There is a time... For everything. There is a season for everything. And it is a powerful thing to have an understanding of the season that you're in. So David had many courageous and skilled soldiers in his army. He had many. They were highly skilled in different areas of warfare. But then he had the sons of Issachar. 
They were not skilled warriors, but their weapon was. <laughs> they understood seasons. Woo! Hallelujah. And because of this revelation, because of this gift, because of this ability to understand seasons, they also knew what to do in the season they were in. And because of this, the whole host of Israel waited on them. Whoa, hallelujah. Hallelujah. They knew exactly what to do at the right time. I believe one of the most important things in your life and mine is knowing the season that you're in and knowing what to do in that season. Our survival today is being determined by our ability to discern the times that we're in. There are so many people today that have no concept whatsoever of the times that we're in. They have no concept. They are completely under delusion they're completely deceived. They're being manipulated, intimidated, and dominated by the devil. And they have no idea the times and the seasons that we're in. They're not strong in the Lord. They're not equipping themselves. They're not preparing themselves. They're, they're not availing themselves of the weapons that are available to us. And they're just going along and getting along. And they don't realize that we are at war. Everybody say it, war. war. Our survival is being determined today by our ability to discern the times that we're in. Many people, they respond spontaneously to the pressures around them. And most of the time, their response is completely wrong because they're reacting out of their feelings and out of their human emotions and out of human logic. That's why the sons of Issachar were so important. They were David's secret weapon. Hallelujah. They were David's secret weapon. And let me tell you, they are the secret weapon of the church today. Individuals, men and women of God that have the ability to discern the times that we're in. They have understanding of the times. Because when you have understanding of the times, you know what you should do in the season that you're in. The, discern, the discernment, this gift, this ability to discern. There's only this little group. Out of all the armies of David, this little group had this ability to understand the season and understand the shifting of the winds and understand what was happening in the atmosphere and make adjustments accordingly. And the whole host of David's army waited for them to give them instructions because they understood times. The supernatural ability gave them the advantage over the enemy. Why? Because they weren't controlled or dominated by what they saw in the natural. And because they had this supernatural ability to know the times and what actions to take based on that knowledge, they often looked foolish to those around them. That's what faith does. Faith will make you look a little crazy for a while. People may think you're crazy when you start acting in faith. Many times when you're acting in faith, it'll look foolish to those around you. Your words will sound out of place. They'll be talking about the terrible drought. 
You'll be talking about hearing the sound of the abundance of rain. They'll be talking about fear and worry and anxiety and shortages and we better get our toilet paper stocked up and, and uh, we better get our hand cleaner and our sanitizer and we better uh, invest in a little bit of gold and a little bit of silver. They'll be talking about all of the lockdowns and restrictions and you'll be talking about revival and miracles and signs and wonders and the move of God. They'll be talking about shutting down. You'll be talking about ramping up. They'll be talking about toning it down. You'll be talking about turn it up. They'll be talking about darkness and gross darkness upon the people. And you'll be talking about shining with the glory of God. They'll be talking about hiding out in fear. But you'll be talking about standing up and speaking out without fear. Oh yeah, many times when those with the gift of discernment speak, they speak like they're in a total different environment. Because they are. They're seeing and speaking from the spiritual realm. That was their gift. The sons of Issachar. They saw in the spirit. They understood things from a spiritual perspective. And they were in a total different environment than others. They're seeing and speaking from the spiritual realm. They're seeing from the prophetic. And the prophetic sees where we're going. Everybody say, the prophetic Prophetic. sees where we're going. And here, listen, the prophetic often speaks as though we're already there. Oh, hallelujah. That's how the prophetic works. It looks into a valley of shattered and scattered dry bones, and it calls them a living, breathing army. Woo! Hallelujah. It looks at empty pots and sees an oil business. It looks at two fish and five loaves of bread. And it sees a banquet for five to ten thousand people. It looks at empty nets and it sees a boat sinking catch. It looks at a cloudless sky and it sees a rainstorm. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, I said all that to say this many times. The Lord moves in ways that seem illogical. That means they don't make sense to the natural mind. Many times God will call upon His children to speak and act in a way that goes counter and crossways to the conventional wisdom of the day. And I want to say something that I have found in the Scriptures. How many knows the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is for exhortation, it's for correction, it's for reproof that the man of God might be perfect thoroughly furnished. Well I found out sometimes the word of God says things that when you read them you don't quite understand all of it but you can get bits and pieces of it. And uh, I've learned over the years that's okay. It's like a puzzle. You get a piece here and a piece there and a piece here and a piece there. And little by little, it starts building the full picture. Well, I read this to you about Elijah because I saw something in it that I really feel the Holy Spirit is speaking to me about today. And it says this, while Elijah was in the cave. Everybody say in the cave. cave. Remember, he's running from Jezebel. And he gets to the mountain of God. Isn't it interesting? He got to the mountain of God. Everybody say, get to the mountain of God. Oh, yeah. 
And it says Elijah was in the cave. While he was in the cave, there was a great wind and a fire and an earthquake. It even goes so far as to say as the wind broke the mountains in pieces. And there was an earthquake and fire. And then it says this. God was not in them. The Lord was not in the wind, the earthquake, or the fire. Now listen to this. The Lord showed me something from this. He showed me this. The devil is so afraid of what happens in that secret place of hiding with God that he will do anything. And he will use any way he can to try to pull you out of that secret place. To try to get your attention to try to entice you to come out of that secret place. Why? Because he can't get in. He can't get in. All he can do is stand outside and make trouble. All he can do is stand on the outside and rant and rave and blow things around. But he can't get in. Listen to this. Job 28, 7-8. There is a path which no fowl knoweth. And which the vulture's eye hath not seen. The lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. That means the devil cannot get into this secret place. He doesn't even know how to get into that secret place. The fierce lion has not passed by it. The lion's whelps, uh, the little demons can't even get in there. That's why it's so important that, that we learn how to abide in the secret place. Now, I'll tell you something. The greatest threat to the devil, his plans to kill and steal and destroy, are not the generals and the commanders of the various branches of our military. And it's not great politicians. And amazingly enough, it's not great pulpiteers. It's not great preachers. I'm going to tell you who hell fears. I'm going to tell you who the devil hates and he trembles in their presence. It's the cave dwellers. <laughs> look at your brother, look at your sister, look at your neighbor and say, you might not know this, but I'm a cave man. Or a cave woman, as the case may be. <laughs> Everybody say this, say, I am a modern day cave man. Yeah. Listen to this. It's those who know the pathway to the secret place of the Most High. It's those who have found that cleft in the rock and they won't be shaken out of it. Now, the Lord gave me this word. As I was praying and waiting on Him and seeking Him for what He wanted to bring to us today. And he spoke these words to me. And I want you to lift your hands all over the building. I want you to ask him to prepare your heart. This is a prophetic word God spoke to me to release in the house today. Come on, just lift your hands and ask him right now to prepare your heart. Holy Spirit, we want to receive what you have for us today. Prepare my heart to hear your voice. Prepare my heart to hear your heart. Prepare my heart to receive what you have. Lord, that I will hold it close and I won't lose it. In Jesus' name. Here's what he said to me. 
This is what he said. He said, this is what I want you to say. And I want you to declare this and prophesy this. This is the words of the Lord. Come near unto me. Come near unto me, O my people. Enter into thy secret place. Into the secret place of the Most High. Yea, enter in and close the door behind you. Close the door to shut out the world and all of the chaos and the confusion. All of the fears, the anxiety and the stress. But more importantly, says the Lord, close the door to be shut in with me. I'm calling you to a place of solitude. Yes, a place of stillness, quietness and rest. But most importantly, to a place of intimacy. For the Lord would say, I wait for thee behind the veil, in the secret places, in the holies of holies. And the Lord would say, I am jealous over you, for you are my bride. But we have not shared the intimacy of a bride and groom for much too long. For you have been swept away from me by the cares of this life. Yes, you have been caught up in the whirlwind of life's matters. You have not had time for our intimate conversations and our times of deep fellowship and silent communion. The Spirit of the Lord says, Come away with me, my beloved, to my secret chamber, and there I will visit you, and I will cover you, and I will protect you, and I will pour my love upon you, and I will shower you with blessings, and I will come near to thee, and I will sow my seeds of love unto thee. For what the world needs now more than ever is lovers of God, those who can lead the way back into the Father's embrace. For the Lord would say the battle that rages today is for the heart. It is not for the land or the territory of the United States that Satan is warring, but it is the heart of America that is the prize. I've spoken to you in times past that the worshipers must transform into warriors. But now I say unto you again that only the worshipers can truly be warriors. I say again, only those who have walked the pathway of intimacy with me can face the enemy of their soul and cast him down and cast him out. Again I say, draw near to me. I will draw near to you. I will cover you. I will clothe you in my presence and I will anoint you with my power. For the secret place of abiding in my presence is also the place of clothing with my power. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hands. He says, little children, the enemy of your soul doth know this very well. Thus he has employed everything at his disposal to steal you away from me. But the Lord says, I have come today to fight for thee. For thou art my purchased possession, my chosen possession. And I am jealous over thee this day. Come on, let's bless him in this house. Amen. How many received that word today? Lord, I receive. <laughs> Lord, I hunger for you. 
I thirst for you, Lord. I want to come back, Lord, into that deep communion, that secret place of the Most High, that silent communion and fellowship with your presence, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Lord, thank you. Thank you for not giving up on us. Thank you for continuing to woo and to call. Thank you for drawing us by your Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I don't doubt for one second that this is a season of war. And we must be bold and we must be courageous in our stand against evil. But this is what I heard the Holy Spirit speaking today. This is the season for coming back to divine intimacy. If you've got the slightest touch of the gift that was upon the sons of Issachar, then you understand the secret place has been vacant too long. And the only church that's going to stand against hell in this last day is the church that has been with God. This is the time to be with God. Not just with the people of the church. Thank God for our gathering. But this is the time to be with God. That's what the devil's afraid of. He's afraid of the cave dwellers. <laughs> He's afraid of those who have learned the path into the secret place of the Most High. He's afraid of those who have lived in the presence of God. Who abide in the presence of God. That's what the devil's afraid of. Those who have separated themselves, consecrated themselves, and they have been in the face of God until you can see God in their faces. There's a scripture that says, when they saw the disciples, they knew that they were ignorant and unlearned fishermen. It says... That doesn't mean they're stupid. It just means they haven't gone to the schools that they had gone to, the scribes and the Pharisees. They weren't educated like they were. It says, but they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There's another scripture that says, and they were first called Christians at Antioch. And I thought when I read that, when the Holy Spirit began to bring that back to me, I said, Oh Lord, they, they took knowledge that they had been with you because they were they were acting like you, because they were because they were talking like you, because their attitude was like your attitude. And he says, Oh no, he said, You've missed the whole point. He said, That's not what they were seeing. He said, They were seeing me. Amen. They were seeing me. What they were seeing. That's why it says they called them Christians. Why? Because they saw Jesus in them. Amen. Friend, let me tell you something. The devil is not afraid of my presence. The devil's not afraid of your presence. The devil's not afraid of Benny Hinn's presence. He's not afraid of, of Reinhard Bonnke's presence, even though he's with the Lord now. He's not afraid of the presence of any human person. He is afraid of the presence of Jesus. Amen. And when Jesus shows up, the devil trembles in his presence. It's Jesus. It's Jesus the devil fears. 
It's not the church the devil fears. It's Jesus in the church the devil fears. It's not the preacher the devil fears. It's Jesus in the preaching. And it's Jesus in the message. And it's Jesus in the word. And it's Jesus in the song. And it's Jesus in the testimony. And it's Jesus in your feet. And Jesus in your hands. And Jesus all over you. And that's the season we're in right now. You stand all over the building. I feel so strongly in my heart. This is the season we're in right now. It's the season of divine drawing. Calling back to the secret place. Of intimacy. Fellowship. When God gave me this word, this prophecy that I shared with you. I repented. I had to repent. You can get busy with the things of God and not be with God. You can you can fill your mind and your heart with scriptures and still not have the manifest presence of Jesus. I'm telling you it's not me, the devil fears. But it's Jesus the devil fears. And I believe that we can be so filled with Jesus that sicknesses will jump out of people's bodies. The tumors will jump out of their bodies. The cancers will jump out of their bodies. We can get so filled with Jesus that when you come into the presence of someone who is filled with the devil, they will be tormented in the presence of Jesus. The Bible says Jesus came down off the mountain. They were talking to his disciples. There's a man there had a son. And he said he, he, he came to his disciples to cast the demon out of him. And they could not. And the Bible says when the devil saw Jesus... He threw the boy on the ground and started foaming and wallowing on the ground when he saw Jesus. See, he, he when he saw Jesus, that's when he couldn't hide out anymore. When he saw Jesus, that's when he was tormented. It's not the church. It's not religion. It's not tradition. It's not philosophies. It's not our songs. It's none of that stuff. It's not our preaching. It's none of that. It's Jesus. It is Jesus that the devil fears. Because it is Jesus that beat him up with a stick. And he made him ugly. Hallelujah. And he put him back in his place. He sent him back to hell. He took the keys of death, hell, and the grave out of his hands. It is Jesus. Jesus. It is Jesus that defeated him. And it's Jesus that will always defeat him. The season we're in right now is the season for coming back into that secret place. And I'm telling you, what I sense right now, all of the shenanigans and all of the craziness and all of the foolishness and all of the lawlessness and and the uh, overreach of the government and all of the crazy stuff that's been happening... It seems to me like it's just the rantings of the devil outside of my cave. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 
it seems I, I think I got a revelation. There's a wind blowing out there to try to get my attention. There's a fire out there. Something's going on that's trying to get my attention. What is it trying to It's trying to pull me out of the secret place. It's trying to pull me away from Jesus. It's trying to pull me out of that place of communion. Why? Because the devil knows that it's in that place that I get revelation. It's in that place that I get clothed with power. It's in that place that I get understanding of the times. our attention to try to pull us out of that secret place of the Most High. Because he that abideth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That's what the devil's afraid of. He's afraid of cave dwellers. He's afraid of those who have learned how to abide in the presence of Jesus because the Bible says if you abide in me. Not just go to my church. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto thee. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm an abider. Say, I'm a dweller. Say, I abide in Christ. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Say, I know what time it is. It's time for me to be in the face of Jesus. It's time for me to be shut away with God. It's time for me to give Jesus my full attention. It's time for me to shut the door on the world to shut out all the chaos and the confusion and the fear and the anxiety. And it's time for me to be shut in with Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, just lift those hands up all over this place and just worship Him. Just worship Him. Oh, maybe you might have to repent. I've had to repent. Maybe you might have to repent and ask Him to forgive you for being so complacent or for being so busy. I don't know, but we've got to get back to the secret place, the place of abiding in His presence. Oh, hallelujah. That's the answer right there. That's the answer right there. It's not that complicated. It's not that hard. It's not that difficult. It's in the presence of Jesus. In His presence there's fullness of joy. At His right hand there's pleasures forevermore. Sickness can't stay in His presence. Disease can't stay in His presence. Demons can't stay in His presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we glorify you, Jesus. We glorify you, Jesus. Oh, you are 
We glorify you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Everything we need is in His presence. Everything we need, the wisdom to deal with the times, is in His presence. Discernment is in His presence. Power is in His presence. Joy is in His presence. Peace is in His presence. No wonder the devil wants to pull us out of that secret place. I have decided I'm not coming out. (laughs) I have decided it don't matter what you do, devil. It don't matter how much you jump up and down, how much you rant and rave. It don't matter what you stir up. I ain't coming out. I'm hid in him. That's my secret place. I found the secret place. I'm not coming out. Father, we thank you. We thank you. For your holy presence today. Thank you. For calling us into that secret place. To close the door on the world. To shut in with you, Lord. Shut in with God in a secret place. There in the Spirit, beholding His face, new power to run in the race.
Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands one more time all over the building today and just tell Jesus how much you love him? Oh, hallelujah. Maybe you have to do some repenting. I have. I have. I thought to myself, I thought, God, how could I allow the enemy to steal this from me? How could I become so busy about your work? How could we become so enamored with your words and miss your presence? Jesus. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling us. Holy Spirit, thank you for wooing us. Thank you for reminding us what we're missing. And thank you for telling us that you miss us. You miss that intimacy. You miss that communion, that fellowship. You miss it. Oh, we worship you. We worship you, Jesus. Coming back to the secret place. I'm closing, but let me say this. All of Israel waited to hear what that few number of the sons of Issachar had to say because they had understanding of the times. I'm telling you, in the hour we live in, This whole church world is going to be waiting to hear what is God saying to that few that have found the secret place. To that few. And they are, they are, by contrast, they are few. They're so few and the devil is fighting so hard to keep people out of that place. But the whole church world is going to be waiting for the words of those who have been in the presence of Jesus and have understanding of the season, the times we're in. Just lift your hands one more time and tell him, thank you, Jesus. Come on, tell him, thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Say these words with me. Say these words. Say, I understand. I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. I understand the season I'm in. And I know what to do. And I'm not going to miss it. In Jesus' name. Come on, just give him a hand clap of praise all over the place. I'm not going to miss it. Not going to miss it. Turn around, shake two or three people by the hand and tell them. I mean, shake their hand real good. Tell them, I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it. God bless you. Lord, I thank you for this service today. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, we're not going to miss it. Amen. Not going to miss it. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not going to miss it. I'm not going to miss it.